And we are live. Welcome to CAD Live and welcome to a very special guest, Mr. Jack Napier. The crowd goes wild. <sighs> Thanks crowd. for having me again, Troy. Thanks for having me. The crowd me. is going Especially wild. Especially with this book. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you for joining me. And ENS says it's Pirate Jack and he's back. And Antonio says only a little bit. I'm not sure what he's referring to there, but uh, perhaps it's a, a reference to the size of your genitalia, Jack. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but anyway, fair. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys, for joining the stream. If you're joining this stream live and thank you for tuning in. If you are coming to this on the replay, you are very much loved. You're very much appreciated. You're in the right place. And today we're going to continue looking at this book, The Art of Seduction, by Robert Greene, but obviously Jack's here as a guest, so we're both going to be going to be delving into this and getting into some of the intricacies of this, and in particular, seductive character types, okay? Because what Robert Greene talks about in the first section of this book is your own personality, basically, and how you can leverage that in order to become a, an effective seducer. So that's what we're going to be talking about, all actionable stuff. It's, we're not. This is not meant to be abstract. The whole point of this is to sort of bring the Robert Greene book to life so that guys can actually use it in their game. Because I think in this book, and I'll, I'll ask you, Jack, what you think in a second, but I think in this book, this is, on, on the, in one sense, this is quite an intellectual book. Oh, he's got his own copy as well. Look at that. Look at that. Beautiful. I've got the hardcover. I'm flexing on mm. you now, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> look, at, look at this cheap, cheap version. Um, <clears throat> in, some way, in some ways, this is quite an intellectual book, or, or at least not intellectual, that's the wrong word, but it's sort of removed from... The practicalities. It's not saying, right, go up to the girl and go up to the bird and then say this and then say that. And then, uh, you know, Bob's your uncle sort of thing. It's 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 much more rarefied and cerebral than that. But for me, there's just a ton of actionable stuff in here. And when I read it, I was just like underlining going, yep, 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 yep. I, that works. That works. I know that works. So for me, there's just loads of gold in here that we need to show to the guys. What do you think, Jack? I love it. I absolutely love the book. Not just because, well, a lot of people think that this book is just between male-female dynamics, but it actually goes into seduction overall. You are being seduced every day by a multitude of things. Be well, it certainly, when, certainly when they watch this show, they are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, guys, keep it down. Keep it down. For the girls <laughs> watching, keep it in your travels. <laughs> exactly. Easy, exactly. Easy. But uh, be it politicians, be it marketers, be it even in your grocery store, whatever, you are being seduced daily. And he goes very deep in the psychological aspect of that. And that's why exactly. I love about this as well. And uh, it's the second book of Robert Greene I've ever read. 48 Laws of Powers is my number one favorite book of all time. I'll be very mm. honest about that. So I mm. was... So when I found Art of Seduction, I knew what I was kind of getting into because, I mean, 48 Laws of Peak Machiavellian, in mm. all honesty. But it's mm. more like a sword and a shield with and against it. So with Seduction, I kind of knew what I was expecting, but I didn't know he would have gone this deep into it. Yes, he goes really deep. That's what I say. <laughs> So prepare, guys, to go really deep as we uh, as we as we get into it. So, um, no. hello, boys. <laughs> Jesus, um, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm a, a big fan of Forty Eight Laws of Power. I've read all of his books now. I think actually, I think I've just, I think I've now read all of them, and they're all fantastic. I mean, he's just what I like about Robert Greene, right? Is that 
he looks like a very mild-mannered chap when you see him being interviewed and pictures of him. He looks like a bespeckled, kind of polite gentleman, and I'm sure he is. But his books are based as as fuck, really, aren't they? I mean, he's very, very Machiavellian, very amoral. It's yeah. very sort of like... And I think that's what appeals to such a big audience with his stuff, because it's very sort of like, look, this is this is how things are. This is how the world is. People are going to do nasty things. They're going to screw you over. These are some of the strategies that they use. And, you know, use them or not, it's up to you. But this is how things really are. And I really like that about 48 Laws of Power. And there's a there's a certainly a strong element of that in the uh, in the seduction book as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I am um, like if you remember 48 Laws, that is. I believe that's law 27, reinvent yourself, which right. fits yeah. perfectly with the seductive types. Because a lot of people will say that personality is stagnant and set in stone. This is just the way I am. I don't yes. feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. But actually, personality can be molded. Characteristics can be taught, can be unlearned even. And mm -hmm especially with the seductive types. Now, some will resonate more with you than others, and some don't. So let's say siren won't really resonate with a man, mm. at least mm. in my humble opinion. But let's say I myself uh, relate a lot to the charismatic for mm. some odd reason. Mm. Even mm. though a dandy, I couldn't care less. But in all honesty, if I had to pick one for you, I'd say dandy. Well, I really you like... No, thank you. I, I really like the dandy. Um, and I also really like the rake, actually. And we're going to be talking about the rake today because it's the second one that he goes through. The charismatic, I have to say, the charismatic, I didn't gel with as much. I quite liked elements of the star. Um, and what, what what other ones did I, did I uh, sort of um, gel with? Let's just have a quick look. Just so the guys know, the characters that he goes through, in fact, I've got them here. Um, so the characters... He basically what he says is there are nine different seductive character types. And and by the way, this can relate to women as well as men. So we're looking at this from a male-centric perspective. But equally, some of these are, are really pertain more to women than men, particularly the siren. Okay. So the first one is the siren, which he talks about an abundance of sexual energy and guys getting drawn into that. Then he talks about the rake, which is this, well, rake's kind of a well-used word in terms of seduction anyway, but it, it kind of means a character who and we'll talk about this in more detail in the second, but who adores the opposite sex and who makes that sort of infectious and draws them in through that. Then you've got something called the ideal lover, which is pretty much me to a T. Um, but that, I'm only joking. But that's somebody who has this aesthetic sort of sense around, around sex and love. Then you've got the dandy, somebody who plays with image. Then you've got the, the natural, somebody who's spontaneous and open. Coquettes, people who are very self-sufficient and cold. They can back off. They don't need anybody else. And by the way, push-pull is a very important element in all of game. And I think I think that really comes through very clearly in the whole book. Charmers, charmers um, who know how to um, – they're social animals. They know how to please people. They know how to sort of beguile people. Charismatics who have unusual confidence in themselves and who have that aura surrounding themselves. And then stars who are ethereal and mysterious. So – the way that I I've read obviously read the whole thing a number of times, and what you find is that one or two or maybe three of these will really resonate with you, and you'll think, okay, I get that, that is me, and it's really helpful in terms of thinking about yourself as a as a seducer or as a guy who's going out to meet women, because once you've decided 
what your character archetypes are, then you could consciously go with them and sort of lean into them more. Would you agree? Yeah. Yes, I 100% agree. Because as you just mentioned it, like the dandy likes to play with his exterior more and things like that. Even though I just mentioned like couldn't care less about dandy, it's not even true. I do like to play with the exterior more. Like uh, look at it as peacocking. Mm, and mm. the less extreme version of peacocking, like look at the rings, well, the watch, things like that. It's all a sort of form of dandyishness. Shoes, mm. you and I both like Jeffrey Wests. Absolutely, absolutely. Great, greatest shoes on the planet. I mean, I have never mm. seen any man nor woman wear better shoes than Jeffrey Wests. They are very good shoes. I, I should get some more, really, at some point. Um, there's <laughs> another There's another really great shop on that street, because I think that's in the Burlington Arcade. And there's another really great shop that's just on German Street called New and Lingwood. Mm. And they do just fantastic stuff. They've got all these dressing gowns in there, which are mm. really dandified dressing gowns. And they all cost about the average cost for these dressing gowns is about two and a half thousand pounds. Oh, and God. I'm really tempted. I would love to get one because, you know, when John was wearing that Versace dressing gown on his um on his streams. I mean, that, those things are expensive, but they're about 500 pounds, you know, $600, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. These things, two and a half thousand pounds. Okay, that's nearly $3,000 for this dressing gown, but they are so opulent. So they are the kind of thing you'd imagine Sherlock Holmes wearing, you know, like a smoking over his suit sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And they sell things with skulls on and stuff like that, but it's all very sort of English gentleman type stuff. So they've got some really fancy stuff in there, which is very dandified. So I'm trying to actually get a face mask from there because they sell these silk face mask things. Hasn't really? turned up yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, you know, in the in the new in the Great Reset, we're all being forced to wear these <laughs> these these things. So um, mm. you may as well, you may as well go extra with it, right? Um, oh yeah. But anyway, that's just a little bit of tourist information there for guys looking for stylish tips in London. But um, but yeah, anyway. So all of these different character types. So you will find ones that that gel with you, and the ones that gel with you, you can read more about them within the chapters, and then you can, as I say, lean into it and. You know, for me, like the dandy, the rake, and perhaps the star to some extent, I can really lean into those things and, and dial them up when I'm mm -hmm. interacting with women. What he says is, we need to understand the parts of our character that excite other, other people, that excite women in this context, and then develop those. Okay, so he's very much like, everybody's got this charismatic, seductive side to them, but you've got to pull out what yours is and then hone in on that and then display that so that that attracts the women that you want to uh, to get with. <clears throat> and then, so if, essentially, it's a question of working out what you are or what you best reflect and then doubling down on that. Would you, do you think that's correct? Yeah, absolutely. Work on your strengths and not per se your weaknesses. Those come later because a lot of guys tend to focus on their weaknesses more and they're forgetting their strengths, even though if they focus more on their strengths and amplify that, they would get even greater success instead of just keep focusing on weaknesses. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Ian says, would you say that the best seducers occupy two types? I'm mentally brainstorming some top modern game guys, and they seem to tap into at least two. Well, I think that's probably true. But I, I mean, I also think that just naturally, you're probably going to gel with more than one, I mm -hmm. guess. Oh, absolutely. Because you need balance when it comes to that. Let's say the charmer. Nobody will trust a 100% charmer when he has exactly. nothing else going on. Then it's just ass-kissing. Mm, mm. There's always a nuance to everything and to all 
kinds or to all sorts of these things. You need to have nuance in them. You need to variate between them. Even Robert says that, like, not everyone might <clears throat> resonate with you, but at least pick something from everything that relates to you. Some right. more than others, but at least something from everything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we can talk a little bit about, about the siren now because that's the first one he goes through and or the first one that he covers in the book. And unfortunately, the siren is, for our purposes, probably the least useful one because it really is a female archetype, isn't Hold it? On. I mean, I was a bit more cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. There's a couple of people asking actually about the uh, the the, the QAnon shaman headgear that you were wearing last time. Have you retired that now? Or have no, you... no, it's it's up there. It's up there. You, I suppose you don't want to get caught up in those people who were on. <laughs> you, you, you don't want the FBI knocking on your door, do you? So you got oh, to be very no, careful. No, 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 absolutely no. not. Like. At first, when you tweeted it out, I was like, <coughs> God damn it, Troy. But just roll with it. Just roll I'm with sure. It. Well, that, that guy's been arrested now, so I'm sure you'll be okay. Yeah, um, he I'm has, sure hasn't he? I think so, yeah, apparently. And apparently he demanded a vegan diet and in, in where he's being held. And they actually um, accepted and decided, and they're giving him a vegan diet, which is very nice of them. And he lived with his mom as well, something like that? Uh, probably. I think so, yeah, yeah. It's like what? Like, are we sure this guy was on the conservative side? Like, sounds well, more like a member to me. But well, not... pe people are, people have said that people have been saying, "Look at this guy; he doesn't look like a, a Trump supporter and everything else." But the thing is that he was well known before last Wednesday for attending QAnon rallies and and you know being around that scene, and they are a predominantly. Well, they're certainly a predominantly Trump-supporting conspiracy theory. So mm -hmm. I, I don't. I think that he was bought into that stuff for sure. I don't think it's just all a setup and a fake because I'd, I'd actually heard of him because I follow a bit of the QAnon debunk guys. <laughs> I'd actually heard of this guy before last Wednesday. Um, so I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's being faked it, it, as far as he's concerned, if you see what I mean. I think I think he is just he is just on board with all of that that QAnon stuff. But the thing is, there's a bit of a crossover actually between people who are into the the cube theories and people who are into sort of new agey type stuff. Mm -hmm. So you do get these kind of hippieish new agey people who are like, Yeah, man, it's all about love, it's all about energy and oneness, man. And yeah, and, and then they and then they get into all of the deep state Q stuff as well. Haven't so gotten laid once in two years, <laughs> but it's all about the love. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. It's all about the love. It's all about energy, man. Mm -hmm. Get that vibe going. It's all the Pat Stebbin stuff, really. You know that sort of slightly hippie-ish kind of like, yeah, guys, it's all about chakras and crystals and energy and you know, and it's all about chakras and crystals and energy and Donald Trump. You know, as oh, if man. those things all fit together really well, but. I, don't know, I should really follow him to get in on the joke more, but I just, I just have so much better things to do. Like I engaged with him once on Twitter, and he said I had a thousand cock stare. I was like, mate, piss off! <laughs> you would know since you're sitting next to one every day. I'll just Wait. keep it at that. Well, he just—I mean, you know, like his his only comeback to anybody is to is to imply that they are homosexual, and that that's really it. You know, that's the only comeback. Is he that black he's... pill? 
I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only argument he's got. That's the only argument these guys have got. It's like, um, yeah, I can't actually logically answer that or refute that. So therefore, I'll just pretend that you're homosexual and uh, that 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 will do. That's uh that's his his go to line basically. So um, mm. I mean, he was calling like you know that Colty Bra guy. Oh yeah, the six foot four snowboarding, snow skiing, MMA fighting. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, well, he calls him. He says that he's gay. <laughs> Which I, I mean, you know, like like if he, I mean, maybe I, he is, and if that he is, then I've, I've I've got no issue with that whatsoever. But I, I don't think so. I mean, it's just it's it's just such an odd thing that these people do to yeah. use it as a slur. You know, I mean. Uh, thanks to Colty Bra, I now see Pat Stepman as an ostrich, and I cannot unsee that. <laughs> like that right. was just nail on the head. Like, yeah, mm. he does look like an ostrich, a very well, ugly does. one. Well, indeed, and uh, interesting to see what happens with the 10k um, and whether that gets 100k, even. Well, he owes Colty Bra 10k. No, 100. No, he 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 bet he bet. To some betting uh, companies, the hundred. Oh, it's all. Oh, I thought it was to Colty Bra one hundred. Oh, no, no, he, he bet he bet ten k to Colty Bra. Anyway, for for people yeah. who aren't on Twitter here, <laughs> we're getting you into lots of Twitter gossip, which is not very useful. So, um, so let's crack on and talk about the siren. So, yeah, as I was saying, the siren really, like as much. I reread this this morning, and as as you know, as much as I was trying to glean something from this that would apply to the masculine, it really does seem to be a feminine archetype but what he talks about here is, is he talks about feminine energy he says I, and I, I think the, the one reason it's worth touching on the siren just just we won't spend hours on it but just briefly is because it might be helpful in terms of thinking about women thinking about the women that you're interacting with are you being drawn in by a siren and I certainly have in the past and what he says is basically that the siren with that feminine sexual energy offers this kind of total release from responsibility for the guy he it offers him pure pleasure this really sexually charged realm and the guy has to maintain his masculinity he has to do serious stuff he has to go out there and fight and build things and all of that kind of stuff and what this is saying is the the feminine offers him something completely different from that it's a complete escape into sex sexuality pleasure whatever right and so the woman who embodies that and he talks about a few women who embody this and the first one he talks about is Cleopatra. And he also references Marilyn Monroe later. But he talks about Cleopatra and he says how he describes how she arrives rolled in a carpet to be presented to Caesar. And they unroll this carpet and then uh, Cleopatra comes out and she's like really hot. She's like 21. She's in the prime of her youth. She's she's really, really hot. And Cleopatra is like she is one bad bitch. And he is like really on board with her and he falls madly in love with her. And she does all this stuff to keep him interested. And this is a key thing as well. You know, she she dresses up in different outfits. They have orgies. They have probably threesomes, foursomes, sevensomes, all this kind of crazy stuff. And she she'll wear different outfits. She'll embody different archetypes and all this kind of thing. And Green makes the point that that is keeping him on the hook because, of course, men like variety. And she's satisfying his demands for, for variety, but in the one person. And also, she plays hot and cold with him as well. So just when he's like, oh, God, she is really, this is really some bad bitch. I'm really on board with this girl. Then she'll back off. And this is one of the central lessons of the whole book. It's that backing off where attraction is created. That coquetry. 
sort of thing. Yeah, and actually, he he goes into it more actually in the in the chapter the coquette, but it's it's echoed throughout a few of the the chapters. I think. I mean, have you ever fallen for a girl of this kind? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There is one that comes to mind. That comes to mind, and indeed, like when it came to the sexual experience and things like that, that was what got me on the hook. Like they are insane in bed and they do anything to please you and they will let you do anything to them that pleases you as well. Do you think actually, could this be getting close? Because actually, uh, so interestingly, Suleiman, hello, Suleiman, thank you for tuning in. He says Cleopatra was ugly and inbred. And actually, um, a, a little bit further into this, um, Robert Greene does say that representations of her now, she shows that she wasn't actually necessarily the best looking. Nope. But it's, it's, but it's it's not necessarily about that, is it? It's about the fact that she beguiled him sexually, and and we know that in real life, right? It's not always necessarily the best looking girls that really hook us in. Mm -hmm. like she does Cleopatra. Well, first of all, let's say one thing: she was thin and fertile, which in that day, day and age, like, and with all men, that's the one thing we're looking for: is she thin and is she young? So mm. she got that for going for her. Then second of all, was Caesar and Mark Antony, I believe. Was Mark Antony, right? After Caesar. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Both. Yeah, Antony. Antony was yeah, the next. Ma yeah. yeah. Both great men of the state, always on the war path, always busy, enters Cleopatra, who gives them all their desires, all the things that they want. Yeah. And as soon as they, like, let's say, the hedonistic part is fulfilled, they seek an emotional bond as well. And that's where the real magic of Cleopatra and girls like that come in. It's then they back off. Mm. Then they're like, yeah, you know what? That sexual stuff, then I don't care about that. It's like, true. I want to hook you emotionally. And when they have you there, that is hell on earth when you're emotionally invested as a man. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're completely right. And I'm actually thinking of a girl I had a relationship with years ago who who actually was very attractive, who actually was very physically attractive. Yeah, same well. here. <laughs> she was really she was really, really my type. Um, so she was really attractive physically, but also she had this slightly and what I was actually going to ask you just before was do you think this is is sort of similar to when we talk about B is it B B P B D girls or you know, like girls with um personality, sorry, B PD girls, girls with mm -hmm. personality disorders. Do you think Cleopatra could have been something like that? I was thinking about it, to be in all honesty, but I don't want to give BPD the credit that it doesn't earn mm. because there's a difference between BPD and being mentally insane. Yeah. And knowing the game. And a lot of girls who men think are BPD are just guys who are overly invested in a girl like that. Mm. And mm. I, I know he gets a bad rap sometimes, but Tate is right about this one. When mm. he says that whole BPD stuff is just overblown uh, whining of guys who don't know how to handle a woman. Now, I won't say BPD doesn't exist, because it does. There are chicks out there who are very mental, and you have to watch out for that. And that is not in the whole coquetry sense. No, these chicks get violent. Mm, mm. That's BPD. This, this is just hardcore knowing how to play the game and how to emotionally play a man into getting him what to do. No, getting yeah. him what you want him to do. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I think actually the uh, BPD thing gets overplayed a little bit in this space. You know, you, yes. every, every other day you get some guy going, oh, man, I was dating a BPD girl. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, the way that they tell it, it will be as if every woman on the planet is BPD, which <laughs> arguably I suppose you could say is the case. But I mean, come on, you know, like there's, there, are, there are nuances to this. There are some people who have you know, a serious mental disorder. And there are other people who just, you know, there are, there are lots of, and as you say, it's also down to the guy. The guy gets massively invested with the girl. That triggers something in her and that creates a, a, a toxic mess in the mm -hmm. relationship. And that's not necessarily all down to her. That, that's just the relationship as it's established. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and that's the whole thing with BPD. Like, I remember... And this was my first girlfriend. And she was psychologically, I mean, that was just, I'm glad it was my first girlfriend because then I had the worst. Like, well, we'll start with the worst first, so to say. She wanted me to break up with my friends and <clears throat> spend more time with her. And if I didn't do that, she'd break up with me. Things like that. She threatened things like that. But also, when uh, there was one instance, I didn't comply with something, and she ran a knife through the shirt I was wearing. Ooh. Crazy. Now, yeah, now I look back on it, like, I should have just walked away way earlier because there were instances before the knife incident incident that I could have walked away, but I didn't. So now I'm wondering, like, whose fault is this really? Like, okay, maybe she was mental, but why the hell did I stay? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, without second-guessing all the details, that is, you get into sort of uh, codependent situations, don't you? Yeah, in relation that too. To that. And it's six of one and half a dozen of the other in many cases. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, I just want to bring this one up. Jamal says, yeah, classic, calling anything against mainstream authority a conspiracy theory. You better have a talk with Rollo. The problem, though, with Q specifically is that everything that Q's predicted has been wrong for, for the last four years. I mean, the first, the, Q, the first or second Q drop said Hillary's going to get arrested and taken to Gitmo, and that didn't happen. And that that set a, along a train of predictions that failed to come true right up until today. I mean, if you remember last year, they were saying that the store, there was going to be this storm when all the Democrats were going to get arrested mm. and take Guantanamo Bay. That was meant to happen last Easter. Pat Stebbin was going on about that. It was meant to happen on the 10th of April, I think, because that was the Donald Trump's initials and it's all, you know, didn't happen. Then they were saying there was going to be a, uh, you know, a landslide victory for Trump. Didn't happen. Then they were saying the Supreme Court was going to overturn the election results. Didn't happen. Then they were saying Pen the Pence was going to play the Pence card. Didn't happen. Now they're saying, you know, it it's just the list of things that it gets wrong are endless. So look, I don't believe anybody should buy everything that the mainstream media says. Absolutely not. But equally, I don't think we should buy into everything that some joker with a YouTube channel says or some idiot with a Twitter feed says, right? You've got to mm -hmm. check all of your sources. And if you've got a source where everything they say is basically wrong, then I would suggest it's probably not the best source. Alex brings up a good point, Alex Schmidt. Mm. Even Alex Jones is claiming that QAnon was wrong. I mean, when well, you've pushed it that far. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Although I think my understanding of that is, I don't really follow Alex Jones, but my understanding of that is a lot of the stuff he says is very similar to QAnon. And so really it's a bit like, somebody said it's a bit like Coke criticizing Pepsi. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. those are the competitors. So, you know, whatever. But um, but anyway, all of that being said, um, he, he then goes on and talks about Marilyn Monroe as well. And when you think about Marilyn Monroe, I mean, again, I, I personally, I never thought she was the, the greatest looking woman on the planet. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, I guess maybe for the time she was like a, you know, up there as a, a nine or a 10 or whatever. But um, she was um, certainly a very sexualized woman. And she had that thing, and he talks about this, where she had that almost babyish voice. So, you know, like, happy birthday, Mr. President, when she sang that song and she sang it with that breathy, like, ch uh, childlike voice. And he said that, that there was that sort of, juxtaposition between her seeming innocence and her sexuality that really got guys riled up. So it's the way that women will use this sort of um, shape-shifting sense to draw guys in. And I think we can all identify with that, right, to some extent. It's women who know to play the game. A great fictional example would be Irene Adler from the Sherlock Holmes series. Not necessarily the book, variant because in the book she isn't she doesn't have that big of a part but mostly the the tv series version i don't know if you know it which version with uh, benedict, with benedict yeah, yeah, yeah let's say that one the one with robert downey jr as well but i think uh laura pulver is it yeah laura pulver played that part great but that's a good example of a siren as well she knows how to play yes yes absolutely and she knows what pushes men's buttons and will draw them will draw them in effectively mm -hmm. um so and then he talks about he also talks about the notion of danger actually and he says that and we know that danger is attractive danger is attractive to, to men and women and we'll talk about you danger as far as women are concerned as we get more into this but he, he talks about danger even death he talks about the way that these women will and a siren of course the siren from the myth was they were these women who were on the rocks singing Mm -hmm. And they would draw the sailors in. They're singing with their beautiful voices. They draw the sailors in. And then the sailors would be dashed. The ships would be dashed on the rocks and they'd all perish. So there's this element of danger underlying it as well. And I, I do remember that very clearly with this girl. And this is like going back, I think, 10 years now, actually. It's quite a long time ago. But I was seeing this girl. And she actually had a boyfriend at the time. It was a very messy situation. But I was sort of the other the other man. You know, I was seeing her secretly. And we meet up and go to hotels and have sex. And it was all very intense and kind of exciting and passionate. But I also recognized, even as I was in it, that it was screwing me up in many ways. And it was sort of dangerous. But that even, in a funny way, that added to the, the intrigue of it, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is what makes it. I wouldn't say special, but that's what makes it exciting. You know it's wrong, but you want to do it because it's wrong. Exactly. That what? Yeah. Well, that 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 is the one thing that makes her so attractive as well because mm. it's wrong. Mm. Mm. And every every fiber in your being says, "Don't do it," but your mind is like, "No, we're gonna do this. You only live once." Fuck the West. Let's <laughs> exactly to hell with the West. Don't worry about it. It's falling down anyway. It's falling down anyway. So uh, so don't worry. Um, yeah. So look, it's, it's it's that sense of the forbidden as well, you know, and, and all of these things. Well, as I say, this the siren archetype is very much a, 
a female archetype. And I, I don't, I'm scratching my head to think how guys could take this on board. And I'm not sure that we really can, except to say that the, all of these, some of these same things, they do apply the other way around. You know, the forbidden, that sense of danger, that sense of the taboo. All of those things are really like catnip for women as well. And in fact, uh, Green goes on to talk more about that later in the book. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's more, in my opinion, that was more the rakish character. Like this, you have the female siren is an equivalent to the male rake. Okay. That's, that's how I always interpreted that. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, let's move on to the uh, rake then, because that is the next uh, archetype that he's got in the book. So the rake, right? The rake is interesting because I really identify with the rake, and I, I've definitely done this. I've definitely used this rakish stuff um, in my, uh, you know, dating game career. Mm -hmm. um, but on the first sight. The rake may seem to be a bit counterintuitive to to some people who've been brought up on game content because what he says. I mean, let's let's read out the the introduction at the beginning. He says, um, "A woman never quite feels desired and appreciated enough. She wants attention, but a man is too often distracted and unresponsive." The rake is a great female fantasy figure. When he desires a woman, brief though that moment may be, he will go to the ends of the earth for her. He may be disloyal, dishonest, and amoral, but that only adds to his appeal. That line is important there, by the way. Unlike the normal cautious male, all right, the normal cautious male who holds back, the rake is delightfully unrestrained, a slave to his love for women. There is the added lure of his reputation. So many women have succumbed to him, there has to be a reason. Words are a woman's weakness, and the rake is a master of seductive language. Stir a woman's repressed longings by adapting the rake's mix of danger and pleasure. So again, the word danger comes into play, which is interesting. But the reason I say this could be counterintuitive and that guys are going to say, well, hang on a minute, is that what this is basically saying is that he really desires women. He's really, he really, really desires women and he pursues women. Now, some guys are going to go, well, wait a minute, though, but surely you said you have to be aloof. You have to be alpha. You have to be like standoffish and let her come to you. So how do those things go together? Well, why are we here? Uh, I'm trying to sell some books. No, no, I mean, you and I, like the manosphere. Why is the manosphere here? For all, for all its points and purposes, what is the main reason? To help guys achieve intimacy with women. Bingo. Bingo. What do men want? Sex. Above all else, we want to get laid. Why is Elon trying to get to Mars? To impress the bitches. In all honesty, that's it. Why do, I, why do, I, why do we want to achieve money? To get the bitches. Gains the bitches. Grimes, would you? Grimes? Yeah, you know, Elon's... Um... Oh, oh, I don't know. Would I... I don't know what she looks like. I know she's a bit of a goth chick, which I could get into, but she's, I don't know, she, man. She's kind of kooky looking, but I think she's, yeah. <laughs> That's got to be good. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, go to the ends of the earth. Like, it's kind of acta non verba. Like, a lot of guys would wear their heart on their sleeves. Like, during the first day, I love you. I care yeah. for you. I want to do everything for you. But the guy who's aloof verbally, but does act in a way like his um, his actions reflect that he cares. Yet his speech plays the game. 
So that's kind yeah. of what how I always inter interpreted that. Because I mean, play with her, you know, like uh, what was it again? Uh, Jack, does this does does this dress make me look fat? Not more than usual. She looks <laughs> looks at me like, what do you mean? Like verbally, I play with her. Yes, but I do walk next to her. I do want her to hold my arm, things like that. She knows he's got my back. Mm. I, you, I wouldn't say go to the end of the world, sort of say you can exaggerate that. But that's kind of how I interpret that. Like verbally, you can play with her as you should. That's why it's called game. But like in the physical with your actions, you show that you actually care. Even though you cheat, and I've said this before, me sleeping with somebody else doesn't mean I don't love you. Mm. Which mm. not everybody always uh, agrees with me, especially the married types, but it's true. Well, they're married and they don't agree. That's a bit selfish, isn't it? If they're married mm. and they don't agree that you're sleeping with someone else. Oh, <laughs> no, not like that. I mean, oh. there are married people who don't agree with me on that. But, oh, I see. I see. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've dated a girl for about two years. And in the meantime, I slept around. But I yeah. told her, like, well, you're the one, only one who's sticking around and who I can actually have a conversation with. Well, <laughs> So that's a plus. But yeah, when I had the opportunity, I just went for it. Well, there is that very masculine thing, and maybe some women who are watching would argue that it's feminine as well, but there is certainly that masculine thing where they, like, you can develop a very deep bond with somebody when you're in love with her, and, you know, she means everything to you, but guys have still got that inherent desire for variety, and so, and those things don't actually completely cancel each other out, as, as some women and some people might think. You know, it's sort of like, well, if you want to sleep with somebody else, then you obviously don't love me. And that's actually not the case, right? No. Because the, the two things are, are somewhat different. You know, deep love and wanting to sleep with somebody are, are not the same thing. And they can coexist alongside one another. And, of course, that's what you see with what we over here in Britain call like the French kind of model of, you know, the, a, a powerful guy who's married and he's perhaps got a family and whatever – but he also has a mistress on the side, and that seems to be completely accepted because that's just how guys are. Yeah. I mean, that's how we are indeed. Like, at a certain point, let's say you're married. Well, your wife hits menopause and things like that. You're a powerful man. You love her. Like, you have the emotional connection, but you still have your needs. And she just can't meet them. Well, you got to have to do that somewhere else. And I hear them already. What about women? What about polygamy? Blah, blah, blah. First of all, men and women have sex for different reasons. It is not the same. It never was. It never will be. Like, a man can sleep with a different woman and still be loyal to his wife, like, emotionally. When a mm. woman does that, all emotional barriers have been crossed. The man she was loyalty no longer exists. Mm. Mm. So, mm. no, it is not the same. Mm. Yeah, I, indeed. Um that's a slightly going off on to, to yeah. a slightly different to, to a slightly different area here, but I do agree, and I, and I took us in that area, so, and I do agree with what you're saying. But um, agrees. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think it is different for men and women, and I think that men, in particular, have that need for variety, and therefore they are, you know, sex and love are separated. Really, I mean, it's not 
you know, just because somebody can sleep with somebody else, it doesn't mean they don't love the, the person number one. But in terms of the rake and what he's talking about here, I so you see, what really strikes me is he's very clear that this is very much in the moment. So you're pursuing the girl and you are showing that you're you're really into her. You're you really, you're really, really, you're like, oh my God, I just desire you so much. I can't take my eyes off you. You are incredible. But it's very much in the moment. And that I think is the important thing. And he also says, so he says, when he desires a, um, when he desires a woman, brief though that moment may be, he will go to the ends of the earth for her. So yes, he will go completely ridiculously crazy and over the top, but it's only in that moment, and that moment may be very brief. The thing about Robert Greene is he is a great writer, and words are very, very important. So we have to look at the text quite carefully to understand what he's saying, because it's not he he hasn't just dashed this off in between, you know, going going to going to McDonald's or something. This is you know it's, it's quite carefully considered. So it, it is very much momentary, and and then he says. The thing about he may be disloyal, dishonest and amoral, but that only adds to his appeal. Now, I really identify with this because when I was out, when I was out and about in the clubs, you know, and 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 going and even and going on dates and things like this, when, whenever I've gone on a date with a girl, I'm sitting there in front of the girl. And this just happens for me naturally. I don't know if it's just me or if it happens for you, but usually because I'm feeling a bit, you know, a bit, a bit horny and, you know, I'm attracted to her and everything. I'm looking at this girl and I'm thinking, yeah, she's she's. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm really into her. I'm really, you know, and I'll look at her. Well, it, you almost create that sort of bubble between the two of you, where it's just you and her. You know, it's just you and her, and it's 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 very sort of intimate. It's very close, and it's just like, and and in that moment, I am genuinely feeling this woman's amazing. This is incredible. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, love perhaps is too strong a word, but you know what I'm saying. You're feeling that that great desire, and you're feeling that like she is the only girl yeah. in this. In, in the world for me at this precise moment yeah but, desire that's the one that that, that yeah. ultimate desire you can feel yeah. as a man for a woman and, and that desire in that moment is genuine and it it, it it also it also has happened for me in the on the point of first meeting as well in, on the first interaction and when you watch some of those infields like meeting that polish girl and, uh, and things i think i showed on your channel mm -hmm. um you know, again, you know, that first meeting, you're looking at the girl, you're thinking, she's cute. And you're thinking, I, you know, this is, I, I like her. I'd like something to happen here. And in that moment, she is the only girl in the whole world for you. You're the only girl in the world, as Rihanna said. She is the only, yeah. she, she is the only girl, but it's only in that moment. And the other thing is, the other thing is, of course, that you've got to look at the context as well. And the context is if your demeanor, is somewhat rakish and your demeanor would suggest that actually you're a, probably a bit of a player and you probably kind of do this quite a lot she's mm. being hit with two things at the same time or she's being presented with two um sort of pieces of information at the same time on the one hand she's being presented with the information this dude's a bit of a player he probably has sex with a lot of different women and she's also simultaneously being presented with the 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 impression but this guy really likes me. He's really, really fucking into me. I can feel that desire. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that mix. I think it's that potent mix that he's talking about here and that is actually very powerful when you are engaging with, with a woman. It's that spinning the hamster thing. Like mm. uh, her imagination is your greatest tool. Yes. Because if you're good with 
with her, the first thing she's going to think is, if he's this good with me, he must be good with other women. Yes. So, shit. He must have something on the side. And that's when that whole thing comes in, like, what are we? Where is this going? And blah, 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 blah. That can work tremendously in your advantage yes. when you do it right. Mm. Mm. But I remember like when I didn't know this stuff, I had a girl and we were dating for about two months and all of a sudden it's like, are you dating other girls? I'm like, yeah, a bit and blah, blah, blah. I just plant out said it. She's like, well, I don't want you to do that anymore. Well, well, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, you're right. I'm like, oh. like now I would have just agreed and amplified. Like maybe you're afraid of that. Could be. Maybe there's a brunette, maybe there's a blonde, maybe there's a redhead. I don't know. Lost count. Why are you asking? Are you interested? Mm. But do it right, and you will have her imagination, and you, she will go utterly insane for you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And somebody mentioned, <clears throat> I think it was Ian, actually, mentioned. Alice what? Jones again. <laughs> No, not actually. Yeah, and Alex Jones is a, is a, is a perfect, <laughs> perfect example of this. No, he he mentions um, he mentions Dean Moriarty and On the Road, and I haven't actually seen that. Oh, sorry, he means the book actually. Sorry, um, and I haven't read that for a long time, so I I would need to read that again to to assess that. But he he mentions Russell Brand in the old days, and I think Russell Brand is yes. absolutely a great example of this. And Russell yes. Brand, of course. Russell Brand, of course, crosses over into the dandy as well and, and probably the star and maybe the charismatic. I mean, he's, he goes across a few of them. But but yes, with this, I think this is absolutely right because you will see, and I should have, I'll, maybe I'll get a video for next time, but we can show it. But you will see videos of Russell Brand, particularly back in the early days, the old the older days. And he will be sitting there with a woman. And he, he'd actually, he's he, there's some really good videos of him flirting with women on TV, like live on TV or, you know, presenters or newsreaders or whatever. And he just fixes her with that look. And it's like, and he'll say something like, oh, you're, you know, you're so sexy or, or whatever he says. And in that moment, and then the girl melts, she's like, oh my God. Uh -huh. And in that moment, it's as if he's completely madly head over heels in love with her. Mm. And that is, that is attractive to her. But at the same time, at the same time, underlying that, the context is this is Russell Brand who shagged, you know, a thousand women or something. So she knows on one level, she knows that he's a philanderer, that he's a bad boy. <clears throat> but added to that is this intense desire. And, you know, people people do like it when you people do like to be liked. People do like to be desired. So the two things together, it creates this really potent mix i think mm -hmm. that you can you can leverage yeah because at that moment he is hers yes and that's all she cares about at that moment because he does it right flirtation gets a bad rap in my honest opinion sometimes okay we talk about game and things like that but it doesn't mean you can't be romantic when the moment calls for it a beta romanticism is beta you're a cook no you dipshit like, <laughs> women like fantasy and things like that. Like, you don't overblow it. Like, oh, I got some roses for you and pedestals uh, on the stairs. No, it's verbally. It's verbal. Well, yes, it is verbal. And this is the thing. You've got to balance it out. Because what guys 
might say when they hear this thing about show your desire for her and intensely desire her, go to the ends of the earth. Guys will be like, yeah, they're simping, man. Oh, no, no. When I push a woman up the wall, she knows my desires for her. That has nothing to do with simping, my dear friend. Well, <laughs> well, guys, guys may mistake this stuff for simping. That's that's the problem. But of mm-hmm. course, it's not. It's not about simping because it's about the context, and the context is: I am a player. I am a. I am somebody who is very proficient in this area. I'm confident. I'm a bit cocky. I'm like whatever. But just in this one moment, just in this one instance, I'm beguiled by you, the woman, and. You've you've conquered me, and that's what they like, isn't it? Because like, remember, and Rollo talks about this. She wants to conquer the alpha, okay? Or and I'm using alpha in the you know the 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 the, the sense that we use it here. You know, she wants to conquer that guy who has that that who is that sexual kind of prize, if you like. She wants to feel that she's conquered him, and so. It's no point. There's no good you being really simply going, like, oh, I've really fallen for you. You're amazing. And think that that's going to work because that's not going to work. You've got to have that combination of the two things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And indeed, there's a difference between, oh, uh, I kind of want you or you grab her by the waist and say, look at her in the eye and say, I want you right now. There's a difference between that. Absolutely. All the ladies in the crowd went wild. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, people are just going crazy out there, Jack. You've got to stop doing this. I should have watched. I should have looked into the camera when I did that. But Bull Rush mm. is in there, so we'll probably move some <laughs> of this. So Bull Rush has had to take a minute to uh, compose himself. Keep it in um, your trousers, old blood. <laughs> so what else have we got? Um, he talks about. He talks about reputation a lot, and he he says, and this is one of these counterintuitive things that I really like about Robert Greene. He says you want to cultivate your reputation as a degenerate. I mean, he doesn't use the word degenerate, but that's kind of what he means. He, he basically says, look, if you're a player, don't pretend that you're not. You don't want to shy away from that. And he goes as far as to actually coming out with the old adage, you know, your reputation is everything. And so if you're a bit of a dirtbag player, <laughs> you kind of want to amplify that because that in terms of seduction, that's only going to do you favors. And, and, and like I say, I mean, you, you're not necessarily going to walk around saying, Oh, I'm a, I'm a player. I've a, I'm a player. I've been successful with many women. I mean, obviously you're not going to go around, you're not going to go around verbalizing that, but you want to in, imply that by your presentation, the way you're dressed, your swagger, and the fact that, you know, your eye contact, your confidence, and the fact that you're good, like you said, the fact you're good with her is going to imply that you're you're good with other women and you've presumably been successful with other women, right? Mm. Yeah. So, What's your favorite comeback to that? When a girl says that to you, like, I bet you date a lot of girls or whatever. Really. Well, there's two ways you can go. You either, you either underplay it. So you're like, no, no, actually, I'm a virgin. I'm just looking for that right woman to, to oh, marry. Yeah. You know, you do, you do that. Or you say... I say, oh, no, that, not me. Or if she says, oh, I bet you say that to all the girls. Or how many girls have you said that to today? You say, oh, not many. You're, you're only about the 300th. But, you know, <laughs> you, you were kind of cute, so I thought I'd come over. So you go, you, you go one way or the other. You either agree and amplify or you, or you do it as a joke. You underplay it. Mm, yeah, I, I, I tend to – I don't know what this one is, but I get the question a lot. Like, do you have a girlfriend or something? I'm like, only on Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like then they just you just see them trying to rationalize that like what does he mean like huh like well, yeah, well, you'll figure that mm. one out it's like yeah. 
brilliant. Yeah, 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 it's a good one there. I mean, he then talks about he, another historical example. He talks about the Duke de Richelieu, and he, who, he, who he describes as being a blasphemous seducer, a heartbreaker. And um, regardless of that, he pursues this Mademoiselle de Valoise, and she finds it completely thrilling. Because this guy, even though he's a bad boy, even though he's got that, that reputation, his reputation precedes him, you know, suddenly he's really into her. Suddenly he's all over her. And she is like, that blows her mind. She's like, whoa, this is amazing. Because this guy, who's been desired by all these other women, because remember, he's got that reputation. All of a sudden, he's just he's just fixated on me. He's obsessed with me. And that excites her all the more. Okay? so Isn't, isn't that the story where he climbs her window or something like that is that that one um, where her I, father warned her about him so oh, like, no, where is, uh, no isn't i'm not sure if it is actually i don't I, I could be wrong i is that the one where he he moves into the house next door and then like burrows through the <laughs> through like the that. attic or something i mean guys don't try this at home i wouldn't no you know, no no absolutely not or is this the one where he he Gets into the house, sleeps with the maid, gets busted, and then makes a threesome out of it. Oh there's yeah, story... yeah, yeah. There's a great story about that. I think that might be further on, but yeah, that is very rakish. Very. There's some, there's some crazy stories in this book. I mean, you guys think you know? You, you think, oh, like, oh, why can't we go back to traditional values like it were in the old days? But I tell you what, some of these dudes in the 17th century, it was like you know, it was it was party time. Back then, oh, yeah. it really, really was. Um, but there's a great line in um, in Richelieu's, um, I think it's kind of his diary or his autobiography or something. And he, there's a great line here. It says, the man who has had experience of conquests nearly always succeeds where he who is only timid and in love fails. And I think that that is really, really important. The man who has had experience of conquest nearly always succeeds where he who is only timid and in love fails well that's a that's a red pill right there isn't it that's a red pill mic drop from the mm -hmm. from the uh the 18th century pretty much it's it's a nice way of phrasing that because like in love a guy in love when he's and you if i you and i have talked about this before like do we believe in a thing called love what is love <laughs> anyway baby don't hurt me but when a guy is in love, completely infatuated, he does stupid things. And like, remember when you were like young and you were in love and you're like, how do I get this girl to like me? Do I need to write a note or do I tell her friends and then her friends tell her like the, the real gooey, stupid, dumb in love. And like you and I right now, when we're like, we don't even fall in love anymore, at least not that fast it's more like hey she's got a nice ass she's got a nice face i want to do that and maybe i'll have a conversation with her but the first instant why we want to talk to her is because she's hot and we're not timid anymore so we just go at it and like hey i just saw you wanted to say hi because you look absolutely amazing but mm. and we go from there yeah. Well, this is a real advert for boldness, isn't it? And it's also, I'm afraid, a real advert for the boldness that comes naturally when you're somebody who's had a lot of success. And of course, if you're right at the beginning of the journey, that's going to sound a bit daunting because it's kind of like, well, how can I, if I've only maybe been with one girl or something, how can I pretend to have 
been a, a rakish lover in the past when I wasn't. And that's a separate problem. And, and to be honest, fake it till you make it is one of the best ways around that. But what this is really saying is, look, if you're a dude who's had loads of experience, you know, you've been with a lot of different different girls, you've been very successful in that regard, that is going to, you're, you're likely to succeed where the simpy guy who's madly in love and his feelings might be more genuine and this is the red pill bit, that his feelings might be more genuine, his feelings might be deeper and whatever, but unfortunately that guy's going to lose out to the guy who is bold and who has had that previous success. So the lesson here, I think, really, is that is the that is the facade that you want to create. Or, or you know, if that's you, then, then, then great. And if it isn't, and, and you, you're drawn to this rakish idea, this rakish archetype, then that's the sort of facade that you want to create. Yeah, absolutely. And Ian, Ian mentioned it just now. Again, this is from 48 Laws of Power too. Enter action with boldness. And success breeds uh, confidence. You need to have success to gain certain confidence. But if you want to have success... Well, girls like confidence. How are you going to do that? Well, confidence also derives from mental point of origin, things like that. Do you think you are the shit, whether you've had success with women or not? There are many other areas where you can, well, be the shit in, sort of say. But mm. you need to have that boldness and confidence to get at least somewhere. Otherwise, nothing is going to happen. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed, absolutely. So it's you, you want to develop that swagger. You want to develop that sort of I'm awesome, and you and you're, you know, I, I I'm just the dogs the dogs bollocks kind of. You want to have that swagger as you walk around. And 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 look, if if it's the case that you know you haven't had that much dating success in the past, then okay, fine. You know that's that's uh, something you're going to have to work on. But that's her problem. Well, no, but 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 recognize that what is attractive is not, unfortunately, the simpy sort of like, oh my god, I just saw you and I'm so you're just so amazing. It's it's not like that. You've got to come at this from the frame of I am awesome. Every all the all these women love me. I mean, that's the other thing. That's the other thing you can you can tell yourself, even if you haven't actually had that much success. If you could go around with the mindset that oh, all these all these women love me. That's gonna just just going out with that attitude and emanating that is gonna put you in better. It's gonna stand you in better stead. Absolutely. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that actually. Well, indeed. So let's move on. Um, yeah, he then he talks about the distracting power that intense desire has on a woman and. And, and, you know, we've covered this already, really, but it, it's sort of like intense desire, I think, is like on, a, on dates and things like that. You've This is the thing. You've got to show that you want her. You know, like it's all very well. We encourage guys a lot to be sort of cool and, you know, uh, stand back and sort of, um, I don't know, be, be that kind of alpha. You know, you don't need her and all this kind of thing. And, and that's true in a sense. But in another sense, you've got to, as I always say, sexualize your interactions. And the way that you do that is by showing that you you want her by your eye contact, by your proximity, touch, 
what you talk about, how you talk, all the all these things. And I think that guys will sometimes pull back from that because they're actually a bit nervous about it because they don't want to put themselves on the line. Because, of course, when you show a woman that you desire her, that's risky. You're making yourself vulnerable because she could she could turn around and say, well, so, you know, sod off, I'm not interested. So, so what would you say about that? Because guys have just got to be prepared to... And he talks in here, doesn't he, about about a being about having abandoned, you know, just just throwing caution to the wind. Yeah, you've I got, mean, you've got to be prepared to do that, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, um, first date, you want to go for the kiss, go for it, go for it. Well, of course, body language and things like that. You can't just turn her around and put it on their mouth. No, I mean, after a certain interaction, if you want to go for it, go for it. Do not be timid in your physicality. Kino is a great example of that. Go for it. And, I mean, viewer discretion is advised. We're not advocating for uh, non-consensual things here, struggle huggling, or mm. whatever you want to call it. We're not doing it like that. But what I mean to say is that you give in to that certain desire and go for what you physically want. Consensual, of course, because we yeah. are on the internet and there's always someone. But that's how well, I interpret that. Like, don't yeah. don't sit there like a timid hare and waiting for her to, like, peck you on the cheek or whatever. No. Go, go for it. I, enable the physical. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, how I'd put it. I yeah, I agree with all of that. And of course, we are. Of course, we're talking about consensually here because this is and and it, you know, regardless of being on the internet or not, of course, that's that's what we mean because 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 guys want women to want them. That's the thing. I mean, I mean, you want to you want to to trigger that unbridled desire in her, but obviously, you have to be calibrated. You have to read the signs. You have to back off if it's you know un unwanted. Then then of course you need to do all of those things. But Robert Green says here. Um, the key is to show no hesitation, to abandon all restraint, to let yourself go, to show that you cannot control yourself and you are fundamentally weak. Interesting use of a word. Do not worry about inspiring. Um, oh, that goes into something slightly different. So um, the key is to show no hesitation, to abandon all restraint, to let yourself go, to show that you cannot control yourself and you're fundamentally weak. Now, an example of this, I remember one time I was doing a lot of like daytime, day game, daytime approach and stuff like this. And sometimes doing more risky or socially embarrassing approaches has this effect. And I recall one time I went into a, there was a hair salon I used to go and there was a cute Polish girl who who worked there. And um, I, I was kind of into this girl. And I remember going in there one time to book an appointment. And she was, there was about three or four people in there. And she was standing behind the counter. And I was being served by somebody else. And I was feeling particularly bold that day. So I was being served by, by one lady. And then I basically started a conversation with the other girl, even though there was, you know, a couple of customers in the shop and some other people behind the counter and everything else. I started the conversation with the girl and I was being very cheeky and very bold. And I was like, oh, you know, we should definitely go for drinks sometime and blah, blah, blah. And the girl was blushing. And obviously it was a high, relatively high pressure social situation because she was there in front of her work colleagues. 
you know, there are other customers in the store, whatever. And, and suddenly this dude's coming and he's basically chatting her up, you know. Mm. Um, but it worked. She gave me the number. We ended up going out, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing is that, that that's the sort of thing that it, it's almost demonstrating. You show no hesitation. You you abandon restraint. You let yourself go in that social situation. It's like, listen, I'm, I've got to do this because I'm so – the implication is – I, I I just desire. I think you're also. I desire you so much that I, I'm going to do this anyway, even though mm. this this is emba potentially embarrassing for me, and you know I could I risk getting getting rejected or whatever. I'm just going to do it anyway because I can't hold myself back. And surprisingly, or perhaps counterintuitively, that plays really well. That often plays really well with girls because she's like, oh my god, like that guy. He really took a leap of faith there. He really he really. Where, you know, did something quite ballsy there because he liked me that much. And and that can really play into your favor. Yeah, absolutely. You, um, bit of a shameless plug for you, by the way, but you go into that with how to be an asshole and approach mm. her like Chad. You, yes. you, you described it perfectly there, where when you embrace your psychopathy, so to say, you just walk up to her and you go for it no matter circumstance and i believe that's paul janka who has a great example of that as well like in victoria's secret something like that paul uh, tom torero did that he did a, a video uh of him approaching a girl in victoria's secret which <laughs> i think which i think he's taken down now but um but yeah um that's a very that's definitely a high pressure and the reason he put that video out was because he said look this is a high pressure situation because of course you know approaching somebody in an underwear store is, 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 is seen as, um, well, it's just kind of, it's, it, it feels more embarrassing, doesn't it? For obvious reasons. Cause it's, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, but he put it out to say, look, you can, you can do this stuff and the, the world's not going to fall in. It's, you know, and, and, and it can, it can play in your favor because if you are somebody who is, if you are prepared to risk embarrassment and even humiliation for her, she recognizes the ballsiness of that. Yeah. And that, as I say, that can give you brownie points. That can play well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're coming, kind of coming up on time. We've gone slightly slightly over the hour, actually. But um, I, I've got a couple of minutes more if you have, Jack. I don't know. Uh, I have about five minutes left. Okay, well, we'll round up now because we basically kind of come to the end of this, really. He then goes and talks about a guy called Gabriel D'Annunzio. And he says, actually, this is interestingly, this guy's pretty facially unattractive. So for all you black pill lurkers, um, he, he, tell, he tells this story about this guy who's, and he goes into verbal dexterity as well. And of course, verbal dexterity, something that Russell Brand absolutely had in spades. You know, that ability to use language in a colorful and enticing way to beguile a woman is definitely something that you should practice. And actually, I might have an upcoming course coming up on this soon, guys, Gumroad, <laughs> Gumroad at the ready. So, um, but no, in all seriousness, I am looking to put together a conversation skills course. So um, that's something that may be coming up in this quarter at some point. But um, <clears throat> he talks about Denunzio and his amazing verbal ability. And he says, when he speaks to a woman he likes, his face is transfigured so that suddenly he becomes Apollo. His effect on women is remarkable. Um, and so even though physically he's not that impressive, when he talks to her and he talks to her in this really impassioned kind of like verbally dexterous way, 
it, it, it almost changes his appearance. And, and we see this with charisma, don't we? I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but you see somebody who's talking and maybe at first you think, oh, they look a bit boring, whatever. And then they're talking and then, and, 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 they 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 start to look physically more more interesting and and this is this is the case with women it can also be the case with charismatic men they start to look physically more imposing because of the the, the charisma that they're putting across and so that's a really interesting point i think oh yeah absolutely a lot of politicians have the same thing they study charisma man they study things like this and a good example like when it comes to women and men is also when she likes you she will say you're three inches larger, sort of thing. <laughs> well, I could do with three inches more, to be honest. But um... oh, can't we all? I mean, I, I mean, I already have a twenty incher, but come on, twenty three, <laughs> twenty three will be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like when when she likes you, and she won't even notice you're not six foot. She will think you're six foot five. For all she mm, cares. Mm, mm. No, she won't. No, she won't. You're just, <laughs> you're a scammer, Jack. I know. I know. I'll uh, but no, no, no. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm jo so, oh, so I'm not. No, black pillars are right. Absolutely. Like, black pillars, you are 100% right. There is no uh, hope for you left. Please keep streaming and uh, keep doing what you're doing, people. Please. please. Absolutely. I encourage um, you. He, then he, he goes on a little bit about um, the hint of danger again. He references Byron, uh, Lord Byron, who, of course, was a famous, famous seducer. And Byron, he talks about he he talks about this later in the book. So we don't need to dwell on it now. But he talks about Byron appealing to the taboo and sometimes having a hint of cruelty, that element of sadism that we talk about in Cat Academy um, and all of that good stuff. So that hint of darkness, that hint of danger definitely works. Um, uh, male to female as well as female to male as in the siren example um and then he says that rakes generally get attacked by other men because other men are jealous okay <laughs> i think we all know that i think anybody who spending time on twitter will um will see that and he basically says look accept it as a badge of honor don't try to underplay what you are or your experience or your reputation because it's, you know, some people aren't going to like it, but so what? Um, and he, he, he also says if everyone was a successful seducer, the reason men hate it so much is because if everyone was a su successful seducer, then society would collapse. And he's probably right about that, but this is the 80, 20 divide, isn't it? This is the 20%, the top 20% dudes who are the seducers, the rakes and who are getting all the success in the dating market. And of course, they are resented by many who feel that they can't get out of the 80% who are doing the right thing and wifing up a high quality woman and um, not having fun. So, you know, sucks sucks to be them, I guess. But yeah, let them have it. But, but the, the message of, of this channel, really, and what the reason we're doing this is because actually you, you can, you can make, you can cross up, it, it, you can, you know, if you if you if you work at it and you've got that persistence and you've got that desire, you can put yourself into that top twenty percent. It's really not that difficult. Oh, absolutely! And guys, mentally need to let go of the maxim that you need to provide, be able to provide for her, or know her, or have cared for her to be able to sleep with her, because that's not true. That really, I mean, you, you've experienced this probably, and I have experienced this as well with girls within five minutes of meeting them. 
things went on. So, guys, there's a difference between the provider and the lover. Tom Torero mm. has talked about this. Troy has talked about this. I have talked about this. Get it out of your head. There are two sides to hypergamy, and uh, this is the fun side. Mm, mm. Well, it's, yeah, exactly. And lover provider, of course, and alpha bucks, uh, alpha fucks, beta bucks that uh, that Rollo talks about. I mean, it's it's foundational stuff, but it's absolutely true. And um, and yeah, it's reflected in this because I mean, Robert Green doesn't use this terminology, but basically, what he's kind of saying is that the, the the rake is the is the alpha in the sexual sense. The rake is the guy who's going out there and getting the women, getting the girls, and uh, the girls, and um, and, and other guys, other guys resent that. But instead of resenting it, they should look at what he's doing and learn from it, and maybe try and do it themselves. Exactly. Instead of calling him gay, ask yourself why is he successful, and then go for it. Exactly. Well, listen, anyway, it's been an amazing show. It really, really has been a lot of fun um, going through this material. And, and uh, you know, let's um, maybe we can continue to, to, to do these if you're if you're happy to go through more of the, the Robert oh, Green material. Absolutely. I love this book. It is great. It's but yeah. Yeah. No, awesome stuff. Well, I mean, and I can see that the guys in the in the chat are, are, are enjoying it. I hope everyone's getting a lot of value from this. But there is just so much gold in this book that it's, you know, it, it's it's just everybody needs to 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 understand this stuff so um it's a pleasure going through anyway jack what have you got coming up this week and where can guys find you so link to my channel is now in the chat that is a weekly podcast called red evening together with rob says where you will hear me and then uh, and the old man complain about life and the uh, normal things that go on during the week uh with work with dating whatever it is and also filthy plug i put together an exercise performance course which i was asked to do by my members of my youtube channel of the six most important exercises you can perform in the gym i go through them step by step and i also go through what you not want to do when performing these exercises so subscribe to the channel and go <laughs> check out the exercise performance course on gumroad please that would be nice Check it out, guys. Jump on board. Now is the perfect time to do that. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, please do hit subscribe to this channel. Give me a like. Give me a thumbs up. Drop a little comment below if you can. Just helps to tickle that algo so I can grow the channel, get more people on board. Uh, the other thing to say is I put this in the comments below, but I do do a free daily email Monday to Friday. Most days, Monday to Friday. And what I'm doing is I'm actually writing up my notes for these episodes about the art of seduction and putting them into into text form so if you get on my email list then you will be the first to receive to you know so that you can get the written material i'll probably publish them on the blog at some point but people on the email list will be the first people to get it so if you go below you'll see the link to that free email list get on the email list and uh tonight i'm sending out the first of these of these emails which talks about what we were talking about yesterday in the preface the deduction uh, sorry the definition of the seducer what it means etc etc so um so yeah jump on board uh for that free day daily email list and you'll get all of that plus loads of goodies and news and free, you know offers and freebies and stuff as well um that's it really thanks ever so much everybody for tuning in thank you jack for joining me and thanks we'll see for having you guys. me Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure. And we will see you guys again very soon. Bye-bye.